This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, Santa! You could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy, on now at APCO. <laughs> We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. He joins us now. Rick, uh, am I right, mate? Do you have a Guinness in either hand? Uh, not quite yet. Not quite yet. I've, I, I, once I realised I, I had uh, work responsibilities, I put the, uh, the Guinness-fueled <laughs> lunch off a little bit. So uh, you, you got me copious mentors. Pacing yourself, mate. Pacing yourself. I like to hear it. Uh, what, that, where, where are you going this afternoon? Oh, surely, uh, surely a trip down to the pub. Yeah, yeah. There's a place uh, out uh, out in West Auckland called Brick Lane, and it uh, it pours the best Guinness pint in West Auckland. And Ooh. on days like this, they do a Guinness pot pie as well with mushy peas and, and mash and stuff. And yeah, it's just a, it's just a die for, mate. Do you uh, do, you, do you get in behind? Do it every year. Do, yeah, do you get in behind St Paddy's Day? Do you have a, an Irish tie somewhere in the in the family heritage? Yeah, yeah, the old man side of the family's uh, pretty pretty heavily Irish. Um, and my my grandfather had uh, the old uh, heart of Erin tattooed on his on his uh, right bicep, mm. uh, which he got done in Egypt before he stripped off to invade Italy, uh, Second World War. And wow. when he passed, I got it done on the forearm, and we've got still got plenty of rallies we stay in touch with in Ireland. So, yeah, we've got, we've got roots over there, mate. Brilliant, brilliant. Love it, love it. I do love a St Paddy's Day as well. We're playing Irish tunes uh, all throughout the show, um, so we're getting into the spirit of it. Um, we're getting on to, to talk footy, as we always do, Rick, and um, let's start with the Champions League uh, this morning. Uh, Chelsea winning their match uh, 2-1, which uh, which takes them 4-1 ahead on aggregate through to the next round. And uh, Juventus going down 3-0 to Villarreal, so 4-1 on aggregate. And uh, was that at home for Juventus? It was, yeah, that, and that's uh, that's the thing. Juve have have oh, let's, let's just put it bluntly, it's sucked in Champions League the last three years. Um, this is the third year in a row they have gone out to an underdog in the round of sixteen. Um, so uh, it was Leon, I think, last year and the year before. I can't remember who it was, but it was a another less fancy team. And you know, to be fair, I thought, well, you know, that's happened twice. They will have learned. That's not going to happen again. Uh, this Lille side, uh, they might have won the French League last year. They lost a couple of players. They're struggling a bit this year. They're kind of about sixth in the French League. So I thought, you know, Juve will get them back to Turin. Uh, they with Dusan Vlaovic up front, the new signing from Fiorentina. I said, they'll take care of business. It, it shouldn't be an issue. So uh, 3-0 was a real shake-up. And, you know, props to Villarreal. They play some really good football. They're not a team of stars, uh, but they, they play really well together. They have a great system. And, uh, you know, they've done the, I was going to say the unthinkable, other than the fact it's been done the last two years. So they've not Juventus out in the, in the, in the round of 16. And uh, in the Chelsea game, um, Lille, so they went in, what was that? Was Chelsea up 2-0 uh, on aggregate? Yeah. yeah, okay, so, yeah. so able to yeah, get the job done. Were they wearing the, uh, the three on the shirt? 
Uh, to be honest, I didn't see. I was watching the other game. So, I, but I, from what I understand, the, uh, all the sponsors were gone. Uh, so Hyundai as well, who were the sleeve sponsor, were gone. So, wow. sounds like they're going to. Uh, they will have been running around in blue t-shirts, pretty much. Yeah, they, I know they struggled. The kit manager struggled against Norwich to go find some around town. Um, is it a little bit surprising that they're doing? They're sort of keeping up their um, their success given everything that's going on in the background. Sometimes when you see these stories, you know, clubs can sort of fall apart as a result. But Chelsea seem to be just mm-hmm. you know keeping on and. and both the Premier League and the Champions League. Yeah, I, I think uh, Thomas Tuchel uh, has to be lauded because he's dealing with you know a really difficult situation, not of his making. Uh, you know, so he's he's the manager of this team. Uh, he's having to field callers about the owner or slash former owner Roman Abramovich about the impact of the war in Ukraine. All these things have got nothing to do with his job, um, but he is fielding them well. He's he's giving answers. He's um, respecting the situation, um, and then saying, look, you know, at the end of the day, this stuff is out of my control. It's not ideal, but uh, I've got a job to do and I think to an extent this reminds me of something uh, that really good managers do you would have seen Brian Clough or Sir Alex Ferguson or, or one of those guys do this they would have gone they would have built a fortress mentality within the dressing room they've gone it's us against them everyone hates us everyone's against us everything's going wrong the only people that can help us out of this are us and he's creating that kind of mentality in the team and I think that's why they, uh, they're they doing so well at the moment it's just uh We'll see how it goes long run. I don't know how long you can keep that up, but I, I think uh, that he's doing a great job at the moment and that should be recognised. We'll come back to Chelsea because i got text in here from Chris uh, around the ownership of the club, but um, just the other Champions League games. So we've finished the round of 16. Um, Bayern, Liverpool, City, Real Madrid, um, Atletico, Benfica, Villarreal and Chelsea are now going to be um, the eight teams that are left. Who... Who's sort of looking the most likely out of all of them, do you think? Who's looking the best to uh, to sort of crack on and potentially win the title? I don't think you can go past Manchester City at the moment. Um, you know, I mean, they put their tie to bed uh, really early against Sporting Lisbon. They went to Lisbon and won 5 0. I mean, in a round of 16 knockout tie, that doesn't happen often. Uh, and then they just took it back home, played a bunch of kids and drew nil in the second league. So they managed that really well. And I think on their day, they're better than any other team uh, that's currently in it. Um, that said, obviously, Liverpool uh, and, and uh, are going to be there or thereabouts like they are in the league. And the other one, I don't think Bayern this year, I, they just feel like they're, they're leaking too many goals. But I, I do, I, as a little, it's, hard, it's funny to say this, but as a smoky, if you like, Real Madrid, um, like, like they could ever be a smoky, but you know they are probably not where they would traditionally be in terms of playing strengths, and uh, they have had financial issues and things. But the way they are, are treating La Liga and the way Carlo Ancelotti had them, you know, knock out PSG at home, a PSG side with. Angel Di Maria, Mbappe, Messi and Neymar and they were 2-0 down in that time and came back and won 3-2. I don't think you can discount Real Madrid so those would be my top three. Elsewhere in the football world, we've got the All Whites playing a World Cup qualifier this weekend against Papua New Guinea. Um, I always think it's just how high the score is going to be in these games, not whether or not they'll win or lose. But um, what, what are the All Whites going to be doing this weekend? Are they just going to be trudging out a, a bunch of young guys? How's the, how's the squad looking? Danny Hay uh, needs to be applauded at the job he's done because he's done a really good job in difficult circumstances. I mean, most people will know now about uh, these World Cup qualifiers, how the first sort of two games are going to sit outside the official FIFA window. So players like Chris Wood uh, and, you know, Elijah Just and Libby Kikache, uh, their clubs don't have to release them. 
uh, because it's not an international window. So what he's managed to do is he's managed to cobble together a squad of 30. He's done deals with clubs left, right and centre. He's... Uh, you know, really grown his relationship with a lot of clubs and able, uh, uh, abled him to be able to get players to come outside an international window, uh, which I, I think is, is really good on his part. So there's a squad of 30. They can have a match day squad of 23, and he can just name which 23 it is on the day. So, you know, uh, it will be a, a less, uh, a less strengthened squad uh, for the first two games. But that said, I mean, you know, he's going to have Ollie Sale uh, probably in goal, who I think at the moment is the best keeper we have on form. Uh, he's going to have Winston Reid as well, who has been training in Dubai with Stephen Taylor. And, uh, uh, and while he doesn't have a club, he'll be he'll be fighting fit and he'll have a ton of experience. Uh, so him, you know, sort of at the back, I think you've already got the start of a of a pretty good spine. Uh, I think Clayton Lewis is going to be there from the Phoenix. He's been, uh, you know, he's going to play the first couple of games and then head back. Uh, you know, and you've got someone like Ben Wayne, the Wayne train who uh, played under Danny at the Olympics um, as well from the Phoenix. So I think they'll have enough to get past Papua New Guinea. Um, although, you know, things are improving in the islands. There's a lot of money going in development from FIFA coaching, that sort of thing. Fiji is the second game. That's going to be a lot tougher. They've got some guys who, uh, I think they've got about three or four that play uh, in at, at Central Coast Mariners, either in their uh, top side or in their reserve side. And then they've got Roy Krishna, of course. So they will be more of a challenge. It'll be a tougher game. And then by game three, uh, that he will have his full strength squad. Um, you mentioned a couple of Phoenix players in there. They're playing uh, tomorrow night against Newcastle. Um, they lost last week's game um, to the bottom of the table. How how much is that going to affect them this week, not having um, a lot of those all-whites guys in the team facing a Newcastle Jets team that is also um, uh, languishing at the bottom of the table? Yeah, it's going to be tough, I think. Uh, I mean, you know, luckily, they've got some really good imports in the likes of Scott Wooten, who uh, I'm going to be talking to on the show tomorrow. Uh, the uh, English centre-back. They've signed David Ball, Gary Hooper are still there. Uh, you know, Sandoval, Piscopo, if he's fit. So they've got a very good team. Um, it's just a pity that, you know, they've lost Alex Rufer for the season because mm. he's not in the all-white mix for whatever reason and he would have been a great uh, middle-of-the-park player to have there without Clayton Lewis. So yeah, it's interesting to see what they do. I think there's every chance Louis Fenton starts at right back and you see Tim Payne pair with Nicholas Pennington in the in the centre of the park uh, where you'd normally have Lewis and Rufer. Uh, but then when Lewis comes back, Payne goes because he's seen as to be uh, the number one right back for the All-Whites at the moment. So they've got a bit of work to do. Um, and, you know, they played Newcastle only two weeks ago and beat them 3-2. Uh, but, you know, Newcastle outshot the Phoenix in that game. And I think while one of their goals was probably offside uh, and, you know, they, they shouldn't have been that tight, I think Ufuk Talley wouldn't have been that happy with that performance despite the win and uh, they will have been working on that. And I, I think, you know, the Brisbane game was a wake-up call for them. They should have won that game, but they mm. came out really lethargic. Uh, they, they looked tired and um, maybe that's the case because they've been, they've been playing twice a week for the last, you know, what, six, seven weeks. Maybe that's caught up with them. So maybe in a way these, uh, you know, all white players disappearing uh, for, for this game and some of the guys who have been getting lots of bench time uh, might actually freshen up the squad and might do for uh, Talley a favour. Have we heard anything out of the Phoenix um, in regards to the announcement yesterday about coming back, you know, uh, Australians uh, allowed to be coming back into New Zealand and, and, you know, not having to quarantine, that sort of thing? Is uh, is the Phoenix come out and said anything about the return home, potentially? Not officially. Uh, I think David Dome has, has said a couple of things on Twitter. He's he, he, the GM. He's, he's quite active on Twitter. 
Um, so, you know, he's suggested that it is something they are looking at and they want to make happen. They're just trying to work the logistics because you've got to remember that while they can get New Zealand and Australian players in and out, no problem, they've got a bunch of imports. They've got, you know, mm. three guys with English passports. We've got a guy with a Mexican passport. So um, those things are probably things they need to suss out and see if they can get the whole squad in without having to quarantine or not. And that will probably, I would imagine, uh, be a big factor in what decision they make in the end. Just finally, um, Ricardo Ball joining us here on The Mornings. Um, Chris Texton, uh, we were talking about the ownership of Chelsea and um, a sort of investment group um, based around the Chicago Cubs um, going to put an offer to Chelsea to buy the club. Um, Chris has said the Americans are not passionate about soccer. They look at it as a business, while Arabs and Roman Abramovich and even Leicester City's owner are actually passionate about football. If it goes to an American owner, um, do you think you will see Chelsea not spending as much and just turning into you know a, a for-profit club as opposed to you know one of these ego projects where an owner puts a billion dollars into it and buys a whole bunch of players? Do you think that'll happen if an American investment group take over? Potentially, I think it'll certainly change the way Chelsea operate. Um, I think I was I was listening to uh, a guy the other day uh, out of the UK, out of the Guardian, talking about it, and he said over the last ten years, Roman Abramovich has put one point two million dollars or pounds into the club out of his own pocket. Um, because, you know, they don't always turn a profit and if they want a certain player or, you know, they, they want to do, you know, restructure the squad, then he's been paying for it. And I don't think that would happen probably going forward because Abramovich, uh, say what you like about him, he is passionate about the football club and he wanted it to be successful. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, he has a really good point because, you know, the owners of Arsenal, for example, the Arsenal fans are not happy with the owners. The owner also owns the LA Rams. And there's all this money that Arsenal have been generating and very little of it's been going back into the club. But mm. what have the LA Rams just built? Oh, you know, a new billion dollar stadium. <laughs> Where do you think that money's come from? You know, some of that money's come from. So uh, you look at the Glazers, you know, United fans tend not to be happy with them uh, because they, they bought the club on tick. You know, they did something that had never been done before. They effectively mortgaged the club to buy the club. Um, and, uh, you know, that angered a lot of people because up to that point, uh, they had been debt-free Manchester United. Uh, Liverpool's owners seem to be a little bit different, um, and I don't know too much about the Cubs' ownership group, so I'm not sure which category they would fall in. But, yeah, I mean, if you're a Chelsea fan, I think things are definitely going to change. I think you'll see, you know, at the moment, I think they've got something like 55 players uh, who are their players that are out on loan, and that's part of the way they do things with their academy. Um, I think that would probably change. They'll probably buy less of those players. Uh, this tr- the playing squad will probably be trimmed a little bit, uh, and a few other things would change is, is probably what will happen, I'd imagine. Awesome stuff. Thanks heaps for coming on, Rick. Um, go and get yourself a Guinness on me this afternoon, mate. Enjoy it. Yes, we will do. Cheers, Emmy. Go well. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.